This is the Industrial IoT Podcast, your B2B show for the best thought leadership in the industry, bringing you education, information, and inspiration, only on market scale. We have seen the emergence of what I call modern Internet of Things. It's really the connectivity piece and the data aggregation piece that is usually missing in the infrastructure right now in the market. Hey everyone, welcome to the podcast today. I'm your host, Tyler Kern. Thank you so much for joining me for this episode. Robotics and automation have revolutionized workflows in facilities around the world. And joining me today to talk about the process for deploying automation and how to make it work in your particular facility is David Clear. He's the Chief Revenue Officer at Vecna Robotics. David, thank you so much for joining me. Thank you very much for having me. It's great to be here. Absolutely, absolutely. Well, uh, David, let's start off here. Just when you're discussing how to implement automation into a facility, what factors are you considering and what different things are you kind of running through uh, maybe a grid in your mind of, of, okay, we need to take this into consideration and that into consideration? What are what are some of these factors? Sure. Well, for Vecna Robotics, we have a very flexible fleet of tools for, for automation. So we have been able to adapt and to, to deploy in a very wide range of buildings. But there are certainly a number of topics that we do start to uh, to, to look at as part of the initial uh, the initial assessment of these sites. So we like to work hand in hand with our customers to um, kind of readily identify what are entry level uh, workflows that they can that they can automate to make sure that they can have a very clear understanding of uh, capabilities, of throughputs, of performance, and of the return on investment that they're that that they that they will get from their uh, from their investment into projects such as these. So some of the things that we look at, the layout of the building, the size of the building, the payloads that need to be moved, the workflow adjustments, uh, and oftentimes it's actually the workflow adjustments that kind of can cause more of the challenges, more of the things that need to be worked through. The process itself in terms of deploying uh, robots into facilities and them uh, navigating clearly and consistently within our, within our customers' operations, all of that is actually relatively straightforward at this point. You know, both ourselves and many of our customers have a lot of experience with that. Some of the workflow adjustments, the tweaks, the changes, the change management topics, working with the staff who are on the ground, they're the things that we tend to work with our customers, uh, you know, very proactively on to make sure that the adoption is as simple as possible. So kind of walk me through that deployment process. What does that look like? And, you know, one of the things that I think people are curious about, especially now, given the time that we're in, is, you know, how does remote deployment work? And is that something that you can achieve with your customers? Yeah, the process itself is actually relatively straightforward. And a large portion of it has always been done done remotely. And then some of the changes we put in place recently, you know, have helped us uh, pivot to fully to fully remote deployments. So the process itself would involve mapping of the facility. So it's basically taking one of our units and driving around the facility to build the world. So we um, would use all of the, the infrastructure that's in place, your shelving units, your, your walls, bollards, paths, all that. that. That world that needs to be built, which uh, that, that gives us then kind of the, the field that we, will, that we will operate in. Once we have that in place, there's some configurations around the rules of the road, essentially. Stop signs, yield signs, uh, one-way systems, uh, no-go areas, all of those things. All of that work was always capable of being handled uh, by our team back at base. And then the deployment itself would be getting the robots on the ground, doing some testing, doing some tuning, running through some of the paths, making sure that everything is working, and then seeing once the units actually operate within a um, within a production environment, if there's any tweaks that need to be made, if there's assumptions that people have made that maybe need to be corrected, 
you know, once we're actually operating within that within that production setting. Um, so we have added, uh, you know, uh, a lot of capabilities to look after this remotely. The mapping is something that we can uh, we can hand off to our to our customers team as they're uh, as they're, they're on the ground. So that's something that can be handled pretty pretty cleanly and consistently. And then the uh, testing and validation can be supported by a combination of our team back at base and um, so, some resources from our from our customer uh, at site. So we have uh, full access to all the units. We can monitor them. We can see what the what the robot itself sees. So all of that can be um, all of those tools can be used as part of that remote deployment. So these are things that we've been working through with a number of our customers in re- recent times. You know, due to obviously the uh, the, the the strains and constraints. That, that everybody has in terms of travel and uh, social distancing uh, linked with the, um, the the current COVID crisis. So I, I know that with some facilities, demand is going to ebb and flow, uh, you know, and it, it, there needs to be this flexibility in these facilities to kind of work with that ebb and flow to meet demand when it rises and to be able to be as efficient as possible in all circumstances. And so how do you work with your customers to ensure that um, that their design and their layout is flexible enough to meet demand when it soars and when it kind of increases and their demand shifts? How can you work with your customers to make sure that, that you're able to be flexible in all of those types of circumstances? Yeah, one of our key uh, value propositions really is around the flexibility. You know, a lot of companies who have those changing demand patterns, uh, be it seasonal or daily or, you know, circumstances like, like right now, those uh, operational constraints have put have have created challenges to actually um, to onboarding automation, which historically was uh, more inflexible and um, very uh, very resource heavy. So the way our system works, it's been designed from the ground up to be able to operate alongside manual drivers and other vehicles, um, other people. So that gives it a strong degree of flexibility in terms of some of these um, these these peaks in that our customers are able to add additional manual uh, workers into the uh, into the workflow and our units will continue to operate seamlessly uh, in seamlessly in that environment additionally the the system is designed to be able to onboard new automated units very quickly the way our system will work is that the the knowledge that one vehicle has can be very readily shared to other to to other units so if our customers are looking to add more units to their to their operation, um, there's not a time-consuming or messy um, uh, startup or deployment process around any, any, any additional units. We can take the learning that we have in place from all of the units that are already on the ground, supplement what's there, and uh, add, to the, add to the overall system capability to meet that, uh, that changing, um, the changing throughput requirements. What we also have then is our Pivotal system, which is an orchestration engine. And that system will uh, allocate tasks across all of the agents that are on the ground. That's not just to Vecna Robotics units, but to any agent that, is, that the system uh, has, has actually operating on the ground. So that can be manual vehicles, can be people who are maybe picking orders, it can be other technologies. Once we understand the capability of the individual uh, agent, we are able to allocate tasks um, dynamically in real time. We can adjust based on some of the changes that are happening, you know, be it vehicles getting blocked or emergency orders coming in, anything like that, any of those changes that happen, uh, our system can take on board and can adjust how it's um, uh, how it's how it's allocating tasks. So again, the, the the flexibility that that provides to both onboard 
uh, additional autonomous units, additional manual units, and just to adjust to some of those changing demand is all a cornerstone of the system itself. So from your perspective, David, uh, what are some of the common pitfalls for companies to be aware of when it comes to implementing and deploying automation? Are there, are there things that maybe are misconceptions or ways that people approach automation that they should uh, either adjust that thinking or are there, are there just maybe methods of communicating how a system works that needs to be adjusted or, or anything along those lines? What are just some of those pitfalls that you've experienced? Yeah, generally we would we recommend essentially a crawl, walk, run approach for our customers of starting with something very clearly definable and understood, so every so everybody can get a you know clear uh, clear feedback loop on capabilities, on performance, on how this uh, how this new technology will will implement into their uh, into their day to day operations. So having that clear expectation, understanding that 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 level setting between what the technology is capable of and what our customers are trying to achieve, that gives a very solid base uh, in terms of confidence within, uh, within our customers' operations. Working through the change management aspects as well for manual workers on the ground, again, so they get a clear understanding of these changes to, to the existing workflows, how that impacts the tasks that they will do versus handing them off to, to, the, to the autonomous platform. All of that gives a very strong foundation to allow for a lot more complex tasks and a, and a greater volume of tasks that people can take on longer term. Um, so just that kind of general risk reduction approach uh, tends to make the longer term adoption considerably cleaner and more successful. Absolutely. So we talked a little bit earlier just about deployment and how quickly you're able to do it and the the ability to do it remotely in a lot of cases for, for most types of operations. And so kind of talk me through maybe just what the average order um, when it when you start deployment to the point where it finishes, how long does that typically take and how quickly can you get things up and running? I know that it, it's probably going to vary depending on the customer and the size of the, the project and that sort of thing. But just in general, how have you seen that timeline play out? Yeah, it can certainly vary a lot based on um, the nature of the deployment, the number of units, the complexity, the level of integration, etc. But uh, we have actually recently deployed a site uh, within uh, three weeks of receiving the order. So that can operate very quickly. You know, we were shipping, we shipped the units uh, the next day. We had people on site within a few days. Uh, we tuned the site, worked through all those details very quickly, get everybody uh, trained and had the units up and running, as I say, within, within a three-week window. Uh, so those timelines in general have reduced. And both, that's a combination of the experience that we've gained over the years from you know, the extensive uh, deployments that we've conducted with our, with our customers. And also the, the industry as a whole is becoming more, more used to uh, onboarding automation to, um, to their network. So there's, there's a lot of lessons have been learned on, on both sides, which have helped speed this whole, this whole process up. And a lot of the infrastructure that um, we as Vecna Robotics have put in place in recent years is to, is to help that. We have uh, partnered with people to look after our uh, manufacturing, which allows us to have more units um, readily available and quicker delivery in that sense. We've partnered with a number of companies uh, to support us both in terms of uh, deployment and uh, post-deployment support, uh, which again allow for much quicker turnaround times. Um, and so all of those have been put in place uh, to support you know, the scale, the, the, the demand for scale that we've been receiving from many of our customers. So we've been, we've been very lucky over the years to, to have partnered with, uh, 
some of our customers who have acknowledged that there was learning on both sides as we as we developed this, and that that was something that gave us a very strong foothold uh, foothold initially. And uh, you know, taking taking a lot of experience from our from our from our early deployments is something that has certainly helped us kind of with overall improvements, both in terms of timelines and adoption for our for our customers. So what are some of the more common industries that you work with when you're bringing in automation? Obviously, it's into uh, similar facilities, but is it primarily retail or um, manufacturing? What, what kind of industries are you primarily working with at Vecna Robotics? Well, given the nature of our, of our products, uh, you know, they, are, they are designed to, to haul within, within industrial settings. So that, that opens up a lot of opportunities in different, in, in, in different verticals. We've also seen in terms of the news in recent months, you know, the supply chain touches uh, you know, just about every touches just about every product any of us interact with. So we're not necessarily uh, focused on any individual market um, market vertical. We've had a lot of success, you know, across uh, retail, uh, third party logistics, uh, distribution, manufacturing, uh, because within all of those operations, they're all seeing much of the same con- same challenges and constraints in terms of just being able to move things consistently through their their operations. Um, so our focus really has been on making sure that we can do that in the most consistent and robust manner possible. And there, that, that has opened us up to applications across a very wide range of industries. Absolutely. Well, David, it's been an absolute pleasure getting to learn a little bit more about uh, how you're deploying automation and how you're providing these solutions for your customers. Um, and, and a little bit more just about the the ability to be flexible. That has been a really interesting topic, and I've really enjoyed learning a little bit more about it. So thank you so much for joining me today on the podcast. David Clear, Chief Revenue Officer at Vecna Robotics. Thank you very much, Tyler. And everybody, thank you for checking out this episode of the podcast. We enjoyed having you very much. If you're interested in hearing more, make sure you go subscribe on Apple Podcasts or Spotify, wherever you get your podcasts. And of course, we'll be back soon with more episodes. But until then, I've been your host today, Tyler Kern. Thanks for listening.